my family and I uh, were introduced to not salvation, but to the uh, Christian life, if you will, just life as a Christian, by a family who gathered us around a piano and sang. And that's what we did. We all sang. And if we went on, if my family, just us, if we were going on vacation, which my dad had a decent business, so we did, we'd drive to Florida, 24 hours from Michigan, and we'd sing most of the way down, most of the way back, well, sing and sleep alternately, but at least us kids. And uh, we'd, this is what we'd sing. We'd sing, he's able, he's able, all that stuff. And uh, there's something about people singing in harmony, isn't there? And I know not everybody can do it. Some of you just enjoy hearing it. But when people join together worshiping God, whether it be joining together worshiping God in effort, in song, in work, whatever it might be, there's something beautiful about that, isn't there? Amen. I want you to remember that as we walk into this next passage. Okay, Matthew chapter 6, we're still under the model prayer. Okay, so we're still the Lord teaching His disciples to pray. When you pray, okay, He says that. He says, uh, verse 5, when thou prayest. Verse 6, and when thou prayest. Verse 7, and when ye pray. Okay, so we know that praying is something that is expected. Okay, so we, he goes through the model prayer. This is not the Lord's prayer. This is the model prayer. It's the prayer he's given to us to model after. Okay, verse 14 and 15 is going to be our text tonight. And this is after verse 12. So verse 12 says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Verse 14. Jesus now leaving the model prayer looks to the disciples and us saying, For if ye forgive men their their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not, men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Father, Lord, I would ask that you would help us as we look at this passage today. And Lord, um, help us not to ignore it or to be scared of it, but to deal with it honestly and truthfully as it is that you've given to us quite clearly. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, I want you to hear this clearly, is that we've not left the teaching on how to pray, the model of prayer. In other words, forgiveness is completely tied up, tangled up in prayer. Completely. Okay? And there's no other way to say it. I mean, Jesus has said it as clear as a bell. And I don't know about you, but this is kind of a serious statement from God telling us, the mere words from God, I won't forgive you, that's, can, can we all just say like, holy cow? That, this is serious stuff. And my mind is like going, but I, I thought we were already forgiven. And we're going to look at that. Uh, we are justified. We are no longer condemned. This is not referencing salvation. Not at all. But I, first I have to look at this and say, okay, you know how some texts are, and you know, in translation, sometimes, sometimes in our modern day, we, we don't understand the original intent of what God said or what Jesus said. So is literally how we understand this, is, is that what he's saying? Well, he does repeat it, okay? 
one of the things I have to ask as a preacher is, the, the statement that I'm coming up with is, is this true? Okay? Is this true? Well, let's look over just real quick at Mark chapter 11. So just real quick, we'll go turn over to Mark 11. We're going to be right back in Matthew 6 here in a minute. But in Mark chapter 11, we've got, this, we've got this story here, a little bit passing about the fig tree. It starts around in verse 19. And uh, I don't want to spend too much time there. He begins talking about faith and asking for things. Okay, and he says, verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. He's talking about, he's talking about having faith, if you will, in, while you're praying. Verse 25, he says, And when ye stand praying, look at this. Again, prayer and forgiveness tied together. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive... Neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Same statement. And tied again in prayer. Clear as a bell. I mean, you, you, you can't get away from this. This is, this is God saying that there is a point in our life as a believer. Now, this is after salvation. He's not talking to lost people. He's talking to people that can pray and expect God to listen. Okay, These are believers. He's teaching believers how to pray. And he's saying... So here's the deal about prayer. Forgiveness is a big deal. And if you haven't forgiven, prayer is pointless. You hear that? Or even more seriously, as God has said, prayer is pointless is almost understatement from what God has said. God has said, I ain't going to listen. If you've got a lack of forgiveness in your heart, I am not listening. Wow! That's... That's serious stuff. So now, you know what this did? This made me, I want to go look. Okay, so what, are we talk, what kind of forgiveness are we talking about here? What kind of trespass are we talking about here? I mean, you know, there, there's some, makes me want to know more specifics. Because, again, I know as a, as a person who is a believer that we are taught to come boldly to the throne of grace, okay? And, I mean, we're sons. He's our father. I mean, you know, this whole connection, this, this, this really kind of took some questions in my mind. And so I know... When he's, when he's talking, I just can't believe. And we'll look at some verses to maybe more accurately, biblically describe this, not just what we feel. Because our, our feelings are what responds here, isn't it? Why wouldn't God listen to me? All the Bible says he'll bend his ear down to us. And, you know, I mean, why wouldn't God listen to me? I mean, that's the automatic response is, that can't be right. Well, it is right. And so we'll talk about why. So number one, I want to look at what is the trespass we're talking about here. What is a trespass? Now, you know, there's different words in the Bible for when we're talking about sin specifically. Like when we talk about sin for salvation, typically that word is the word hamartia, Greek-wise. I mean, it's a very specific thing, talking about breaking God's law. I mean, it's a very, very specific word. This word has been used with that word in the need of salvation, but this word is also a very specific word, this word trespass here, and I think even when we, when we see it, um, we understand the general idea of the word trespass, okay? So, so let's just, let me give you two possibilities in today's day and age of how we can trespass, okay? There's one where you're out hunting, you got your rifle, and you walk up and see a sign that says, Private property, no trespassing. And you look at it and go, huh. 
walk past the sign. Is that willful? Yeah. Do believers never do anything like that, do we? Speed limit, 65 miles an hour. Got real quiet all of a sudden. But anyways. Then there's another version of trespassing, which honestly, I've I'm, been very thankful. On my phone, I got, a new, I got a new app. It's called Onyx Hunt. So when I'm out hunting, I can, I can be wandering through the woods, and it don't matter where I am. I just haul out my app and look and say, I'm still safe. But, you know, before we did that, there were times you could be out in the woods and you could leave legal hunting land and never know it because there's no fence, there's no big sign. I mean, it just ain't there. Next thing you know, you're out in the middle of somebody's private property shooting at their, you know, pet deer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There are times you can literally accidentally cross a line not knowing you've crossed a line. Okay? Has anybody ever bumped somebody accidentally? Ever done that? Uh, you, you don't typically ball up your fist and dot their eye accidentally. Believe it or not, it can be done. Yes! Oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> this word, trespasses, covers both of those things. It covers something that's willful and something that's unintentional. But here's the deal. Typically, this word applies to someone who is already on the right path. Not someone who has never seen the right path. That's salvation. They think they're on the right path and they're on their way to hell and they need to be forgiven. They need to be brought to the right path. This word is usually used for someone who is doing the right thing and slips, the word is side slip. They slip off the right path. And while they know they should do this, come on now, we have all talked to people who have accidentally done something that wasn't right and then went, I should not have done that. And then there's the people who's like, I shouldn't do this. You know what? I frankly don't care. Because nobody in this room has ever done both of those. Like never, right? Yeah, we'll just keep on going. That's the idea. Someone who is, uh, we could even say it's used for someone that we would expect to be going this way and suddenly they're, how did you, how'd you get over there? It's like trying to find a, one of these mountain trails when it's full of snow. Someone who knows the right way and has fallen from it. Trespass. So it can apply to believers, people who know what's right to do and choose to do the wrong thing or accidentally do the wrong thing. I mean, this is, you understand, trespass, it's, it's stuff we all do. I shouldn't say this to my sister. I shouldn't say this to my dad. I shouldn't say this to my spouse. I don't really care. They're going to get a piece of my mind. Or we say it in our head, whatever. And then there's the word forgive. We are to forgive. Hmm. Forgive. Well, I'm going to forgive, but I ain't going to forget. <laughs> I, I think you missed somehow the word forgiveness in there. Now, that doesn't mean that, I mean, you know, you have a memory. Okay? So here's the, here's, this is amazing. This word is unbelievably descriptive, this for, word forgive. I mean, it's got so many meanings that are literally all under one heading. So, in other words, these aren't different definitions. These are all, all ways of describing a many-faceted definition. Okay? So, forgive. It, it's the same as the idea of to send away. 
What does that mean? It means to leave something. I'm going to put it there and I'm going to leave it. You know, like when your dad's looking at you, brother and sister, or brother and brother, and your dad says, leave it be. That's what he's saying. Leave it. Walk away from it. Okay? Um, to, to neglect. To neglect. To not, this is interesting, to not discuss now. You realize it's always now. So if you forgive, you never discuss it. Because it's always now. You got that? To not discuss. Somebody brings, somebody brings some old hurt back up. No, I, I'm not going to talk about that. Why? Because I've forgiven that. To give up. To let go. I know. A whole bunch of moms and their daughters just went, let it go, let it go. But it's true. That's, that's one of the definitions. Let go. To give up. Not to, I give up. No, it's to give up on, okay, let me give you the last definition, because this one's even more specific. Not demanding a debt to be repaid. Not demanding a debt to be repaid. So forgiveness isn't one of those things I do because somebody bumped me, oh, it's no big deal, it's okay. Yeah, that's, well, excuse me, that is forgiveness. But it's also somebody did something to me intentionally, and they hurt me, and they know they hurt me. And they owe me. I'm going to make you pay for that. I'm not going to let you forget that. Hear that? You owe me. That's saying, no, I'm not going to make you pay for that. It did hurt. You do owe me. But I am going to say, I'm not going to. That's what forgiveness is. I do not demand that to be repaid. I don't get, I don't get back, I just get even. I don't get mad, I just get even. Oh, so you're you're going to get your pound of flesh. Because you got hurt, you're going to hurt. You hear what I'm saying? It's not doing that. Forgiveness is not doing that. It's to, it's to have a hurt and to choose to leave it where it is and walk away from it. Well, how can I do that? Oh, you can do that. You can. It's a choice. It's a constant choice. And let me tell you, the devil is really good at bringing back up good lists of everyone else's faults. Hello? You see a person and all suddenly it goes in your head. July 15th, 1938. <laughs> Three o'clock in the afternoon. It was rainy and she was wearing red. <laughs> come on now. Don't tell me. I mean, it comes back. Those words come back. I remember what you said and I remember how you said it. It's saying when, that, when the devil brings that stuff back up or the old flesh brings that stuff back up, I take it and go, nope, nope. I've left that. I'm going to walk away from that. I'm not going to discuss that now. I'm going to send that away. I'm going to neglect that. I'm not going to discuss it. That you hear me? And I'm not going to demand that the person who did this repay me. They don't owe me anything. That's what forgiveness is. Youch! Because I want to be repaid. But anyways... This is what we're supposed to hurt. This is what we're supposed to do to those that let us down, that fail us, that hurt us, that cause us pain, that sometimes just totally shock us on what they do. And sometimes they're, I mean, literally, like somebody you know, they just turn into somebody like mean and awful. You thought they were a great big teddy bear and suddenly found, you found out they were a mountain lion with claws and teeth. 
Someone who we felt like should have known better. Can't believe they acted like that. Can't believe they did that to us. Forgive. Forget it. Wow, that's rough. Now here's the deal. We have to forgive. We already know this. What, what, what did Jesus say? Remember Peter said, so, you know, how many times do I have to forgive this person? Because remember, like the Pharisees had this deal where, you know, if they commit a trespass, well, you have to forgive them. And then you could forgive them like, I think it was like three times. You know, you forgive them three times and after that, psh, you don't have to forgive them after that because they just keep doing the same thing. And remember what Jesus said? Seventy times seven. Now, he wasn't giving an exact number purpose. That's like saying, oh, at least ten million. It's like never ending. Tell the cows come home. You just keep on forgiving. But they hurt me. Mm-hmm. Yep, you forgive. We have to. That's what Jesus taught. Forgive. That's what the whole prayer is here. Forgive and help me to forgive. I want to, I'm going to forgive. But notice that even in the prayer, look at what it says even in, even in the model prayer he gives us. He says there in verse 12, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Not before or not in spite of, but as. In other words, it's like a, it's like a domino's fallen. We forgive, he forgives. We forgive, he forgives. I don't forgive his forgiveness to us. Now, now listen, we're not talking about salvation. We're already justified. We're going to heaven. That's not stopping a thing. And we'll talk about that. Listen, we are called, we are told, we are commanded to forgive. It's clear as a bell. Jesus taught forgiveness. I mean, the 70 times 7, that's clear as a bell. And listen, think about this. Let's just take another whole track at this. Let's not forget 1 John 4 or all of the first John, first, second, third John, but first John 4, or maybe you might remember John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you that ye, what? Love each other. Love the brethren. Love one another. Let me, let me ask, does love, is that compatible with unforgiveness? Well, I love them, but mm, that really looks like love. See, what you're talking about is emotion, and that's not how God describes love. Love is acts of self-sacrificing service. That's what Jesus, for God, so lo- for God in this way loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's on the cross to die. To, to make up our fault to meet him. Not, to, not for us to figure out a way to make it up to him, because we can't. To not forgive is not to love. And we're commanded to love. Wow. Since the Lord tells us to love. Now think about this. Psalm 66, 18. Some of you might know this. The da- David says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord, does anybody know the rest? Will not hear me. Is unforgiveness, is that iniquity? Hello? This, is a, this seems to be a pretty common theme in Scripture. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. This is from David. I mean, David. For heaven's sakes, he's up there with Moses on his closeness to God himself. And David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Now, this is something else. How would we expect God... I want you to think about this. How would we expect God to hear us 
if we are, and, and granted, I know God's everywhere and God can hear everything. We're not talking about like physically hearing us. We're talking about listening and responding. How would we expect God to really listen to what we're saying, to respond to what we're saying, while we are living a life of carnality in the flesh, unforgiveness, and not unrepentant about it? Does everybody connect the dots? It's like, it's like apologizing to the police officer for tripping while running away from him for murder. He could care less about the tripping. He's coming after you for the murder. It's like, you know what, you hear what I'm saying? I, maybe that's a bad... Listen, let me stop here and just pause a sec. If you are here and you're not a believer, and a believer is not something, you're not born a believer, okay? A believer isn't something that over time just kind of sort of happens. A belie- being a believer is a choice. Okay, so if you're not a believer, I'm going to stop right here and say, listen, uh, this passage is for people who are believers and are having a, a fellowship problem with the Lord. But if you're having a relationship problem with the Lord, that's a way bigger deal. And relationship means that God is not your father. You have not gone to Jesus Christ solely, gone to God solely pleading Jesus Christ as your only hope for peace, forgiveness of sins, uh, the judgment for your sin. I mean all of that, for peace and joy on this planet. Listen, your only hope for freedom and guilt is to turn to Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross, and believe in that as your sole hope for peace with God. And when you do that, I'm telling you, you, you you're going to see your past long gone. It's all the past of sin. The, the guilt, the troubles, it's, it's gone. Poof. Relieved. I've heard people describe it as a great weight. I mean, myself. It seems like a great weight just got lifted off my shoulders. Belief is not something that happens on some sort of a, you know, well, I just kind of one day I found I was a believer. No, no, no. This is a choice that you have to make. Now, granted, sometimes that choice can take a matter of days. This isn't like something that's, you know, this, it, for some people it's a pinnacle moment, for other people it's an arc moment, but whatever it is, listen, it's a choice to believe in the death burial. It's, looking, it's faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone for your peace and your hope and your peace with God. And I, I would encourage you right now today at this moment, accept Him. For God so loved the world, that's you, that He gave His only begotten Son, that's Jesus, that whosoever, that's you, believeth in Him, should not perish not talking about just dying. It's talking about dying on this planet and spending a life of eternity in hell. I'm talking about a life of death. It's disappeared. Okay? Should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Go read Romans 10. Romans 10. Romans 9. Good, good, good stuff. So if you're not a believer, listen. First thing you need is forgiveness for all of your sin. And that's forgiveness called what God looks at you and says, you've claimed, you've believed in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross and his payment for your sin. And Jesus, he doesn't write a paid in full stamp on your list of grievances against him against you. He makes those list of grievances as if they never existed, which is the most wonderful thing ever. So you listen, I'm, I encourage you, accept the Lord today. And if you want to know more about that, come forward at the end of the service and we'll talk to you about it. But if you're a believer... Doesn't this whole thing cause you a bit of some consternation? Wait, God won't listen to me? I thought God was always listening, but God won't listen to me? You, can you read it and come up with any other definition? Because I can't. It's plain as day. 
you don't forgive, God's not forgiven. And it's tied in with your prayer life. Wow. So it doesn't mean you lose your salvation. So our relationship as father to son, father to daughter, that's not affected, but our fellowship is. <clears throat> Anybody ever have one of those moments with your dad or your mom, whoever was the person who was responsible for, who you looked to for discipline, chastening, leadership, and you walked into the room in the conversation knowing you blew it bad. I mean, you knew it. You blew it and you blew it bad. And you walked in and however you got disciplined at your house. So in our house, you got a spanking. Well, a whooping. But, and I remember walking in one time to my parents and there was no whooping. And I wish I'd have had the whooping all day long because I broke my parents' hearts. And I would have taken the whoop. I, they could have given me a hundred whoopings. I'd have taken it instead of the loss, watching them, watching the disappointment on their face, them not knowing what to say, them not even knowing how to talk to me. You hear what I'm saying? This is, that's what we're talking about, is that loss of fellowship. A loss of fellowship. Romans 8. If you've got, you got your Bible, turn to Romans 8. So just to be clear, so we understand the position of a believer, a child of God. Romans chapter 8, look at verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, or Papa, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Listen, we're God's... We are God's children. That's never going to change. Never going to change. We, we even have a, a right. So even when we're talking about this passage about forgiveness and forgiving others, we're not talking about forgiveness as, as to earn a right to pray. We already have a right to pray. That's given to us. That's standard. That's, so we're not forgiving to earn this right to pray. We already have that. And we can even go, let's just go to 1 John real quick. 1 John chapter 1. I'll read it for you even before you get there. 1 John and chapter 1. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son Jesus Christ and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not the truth. We're not talking about relationship now. Now we're talking about fellowship. You see that? Oh, I'm a believer, but you're walking in unforgiveness. That would be darkness. And John says, you don't have fellowship then. There's no fellowship happening. Relationship is great, but there's no fellowship happening. Um, Anybody here ever been mad at your brother or your sister? And you didn't talk for a while? Are they still your brother or your sister? Is there fellowship? That's what we're talking about here. Listen, that's what we're talking about here. Well, okay. Okay, so I I get it. So let let me just say, this is what this would look like in the life of a believer. So turn to Psalm 51. So if you're wondering if this applies to you, let's just go to Psalm 51. Here's what this looks. In the life of a believer, this is how this is going to present itself. 
Okay? Psalm 51. Oh my, just... This is, this is the psalm that David wrote or about the time right after Nathan came into him about to get after him about his adulterous affair with Bathsheba. Psalm 51, look at verse 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. What does that mean? That means you're saved and you know you're saved, but there's no more joy. Well, I'm a believer. Just not very excited about it. Is this, do you have this? I, I'm going to ask you a direct question. Do you have this? It doesn't mean excited like all the time you've got to be, I'm a believer, driving everybody nuts, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. But you know in your heart, you're saved, but it's kind of like, well, I know, at least I know I'm going to heaven. One of the avenues that you might need to look at, one of the avenues is lack of forgiveness. There's someone that has hurt you and you've not forgiven them. Unforgiveness can lead to a total loss of your joy of salvation. Here's what David in sin discovering my joy with my God is gone. Turn back a few pages to Psalm chapter 32. That turned one too many pages. Psalm chapter 32. He says in verse 1, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is a man unto whom the Lord imputeth not, not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, he's talking about a lack of transgression here. I mean, a lack of confession. Okay, When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. What is he describing? He's talking about no peace. A life that's seemingly more about anguish than it is peace. A person who has a relationship, who walks with God, who has found himself in sin, unconfessed sin, which would be unforgiveness. And he has found himself, I have, there's peace is gone. I, my life is just <sighs> roaring all the day long. God's hand heavy upon him. That's not a good thing. God's hand upon you, usually, we use it very differently than the Bible does. God's hand upon you in the Bible is usually talking about judgment. Wow. Or turn to 1 John. Back, in, back to 1 John. We were just there. Stay with me. 1 John. Back to chapter 1. We're going to read this, this one here again. First John 1, look at verse 6 again. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. And it, it compares with the rest of the passage about walking in light versus walking in darkness. So, I think, does everybody here know what it means to walk in darkness? I think we all do. Like, I can't, I don't know what to do. God's nowhere. I can't find him. I don't know what the will of God is. I, I, I'm just totally lost. I'm a believer. I'm on my way to heaven. But I, I, I'm not even sure if God hears me. Okay, a nice way, clean way to put that is a feeling of separation from God. But walking in darkness is not walking with God. 
Well, how could all this, this all could be very well. Loss of peace, loss of my joy, anguish, and not knowing where God is and not feeling like I can find God. You know what all that could be? Sin, yes, but it could be unforgiveness. Someone has hurt you and you have said, do you know what they did to me? Did you hear what they said to me? Let me ask you a question. Is any of this true? Is the, is the excitement in your salvation, is it gone? Is your peace gone? Anguish in its place. Do you feel like God can't hear a thing you say anymore? Like, does He even care? I can't find Him. I don't even know if He knows where I am. Okay, let me just ask you a few questions. Have you been saying any of, these, any of the following? I won't forgive them until they forgive me. I will never forgive them. Look what they did to me. This is not fair. This is not right. I want justice. I have a right to be mad, and you know it to be true. Or them. These are the, these are the more calm ways of that coming out. Them. Oh, I, I won't have anything to do with them. Or maybe even kinder version Oh, just ignore them, honey. They don't know how to treat people, and you, you don't need that sorrow in your life. Which are words of unforgiveness, almost clearly. All because you got hurt. And you won't forgive because you feel that person owes you something. And you know what? They probably do. It'd be stupid to deny that people hurt us and they know they've hurt us and they're not going to do a thing about it. Because you've never done that. Can we go back to the definition of the word forgive real quick? Somebody's hurt me. Here's the hurt. Here's the hurt. We're going we're gonna to put it in our hand. Here's the hurt. They hurt me. They, they owe me restitution. And they probably do. Maybe it was unintentional. Maybe it was on purpose. But they owe me. Listen, they stole something from me. Come on. We have, you know you've heard these words. I, I, I'm not sure I can forgive them. Well, and here's what you got. You've got a hurt. That that hurt now has come in between you and your fellowship with God. And every time you pray... It is just hitting the ceiling and bouncing back to the floor. Because God said, until hmm, you deal with the forgiveness, we can't go anywhere. That's why the Lord says, when, when you bring your gift to the altar, and you remember that your brother hath ought against you, stop giving. Stop dealing with me, and go and make things right with your brother. Once that's right, then come back and you and I can have a discussion. I'll accept some worship and praise. You must, you must, you must forgive. Think about, think about what Paul said to the Corinthians, talking to the Corinthians, because they were suing each other. And he says, but brother goeth the law with brother, brother, and that before the unbelievers. Now therefore there is utterly a fault among you. Why? Because you go to law with one another? Yes. Why do you not rather take the wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? That's Paul's words to the Corinthians. What? That's not right. That's not fair. I want justice. Is God going to make sure there's justice? Yes. 
Let me ask you this question. Did God make justice for you? Let's just pause here a sec. Are you being treated, be careful before you answer too quick, are you being treated with justice? Is that what you want from God, justice? Now think about that. No, you don't. We all want mercy. What is mercy? I do deserve some stuff. I have sinned. Sometimes on purpose. I have shaken my fist in God's face. And what do I want from God? What do I hope from God? Mercy. Mercy that I won't get what I deserve. Maybe I can remind you of the, the parable that Jesus tells in Matthew chapter 18 of the, of the, the guy, uh, this king or leader was, was found to kind of go through his accounts and he found one of his servants owed him a fortune. I mean a fortune. A lot, a lot of money. And he brought him in, and, the, and that servant says, please, Lord, forgive me. I'll, I'll do my best to repay you back. I, please forgive me. And, and the, the Lord looks at him and says, no, don't worry about it. Just, your debt's forgiven. Your, your debt's forgiven. Don't worry about it. Same guy who's been forgiven a fortune walks around and walks out the door, finds out one of his coworkers who owes him a pittance and gets his hand around his throat and said, you've got to repay me. It's not fair. You owe me. You hear? And the fellowship with him and his Lord was altered. You hear that? Let me ask you a question. How much has God forgiven you? Listen, well, I, I don't need to consider that. I just need to think about all the good. No, no, you need. Listen, Paul, if you follow what he calls himself through the arc of his life, he ends up at, I'm, he starts off with, I think it's, I'm a sinner. And he ends up at, later in his life, calling himself the chiefest of sinners. And he's being serious. He said, certainly there's no one who can have sinned more than I. That's the arc of Paul's vision of himself. Not, I am better and better. See my wings? See my halo? No, his vision of himself is, Well, that's not right. All you had is because the more you recognize your own sin is the more you can look to God and be thankful for mercy. Listen. If you don't remember where you came from and who you are, you're not going to be good to other people. And that's called pride. Why would God... Think about this. Why would you accept the forgiveness of God and then turn around and not give that same forgiveness to others? We all make mistakes. Why do we expect mercy from God and... Don't expect God to expect us to have mercy on our brethren, our sisters. We all make mistakes. All of us. There's not a one of us in the room that hasn't said some words that were even unintentional. As soon as they were out the door and you you saw the impact, you were like, ooh, that was that that was not what I meant. (laughs) Wish I could take that back. We've all been there. We all also have been to the point where I know I'm not supposed to do this and I don't care. Every one of us in this room has hurt someone else. Do you want those people to forgive you? That's just a logical argument. But let's get back to the, the same, let's get back to our text. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also 
walk away from your trespasses. He will not discuss your trespasses. He will leave your trespasses. He will abandon your. He will neglect them. But until you do, they're kind of like, they're kind of like uh, the princess and the pea. They're an irritant to the fellowship between you and your God until this thing is taken care of. Amen. Remember what I said back at the beginning of the message? I had us all sing, and wasn't it, it was wonderful. And I didn't do that just for this purpose. I, I think it was good for us to sing to the Lord. But what it is for a group of, group of Christians to join together in harmony to serve God, a whole bunch of busted up people, that the only thing that makes us whole is God himself. And we all joy in the fact that the only reason we're able to sing to God with joy is because he accepts the worship of busted up people because of Jesus Christ. The brother that hurt you, the sister, the other believer that hurt you, guess what? Jesus died for them too. Jesus forgave them too. Jesus loves them too. And you know what they, you know what they need from you, maybe, sometimes? They might need a reminder that the love of Christ is active in people as well. That God works through people. Amen. You can forgive. You must forgive. Listen, you must forgive. If you cannot, if you cannot forgive, if you will not forgive, you're not going to find personal peace. You're going to find your prayers hit the ceiling and hit the floor, and you're going to be in anguish and wonder, what in the world kind of Christian life is this? It ain't. It's a life of a believer who has slipped off the trail. Amen. Forgiveness. 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 If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also. That's the wonderful thing about this. Go and get stuff right with your brother. Do it. Do it today. Well, I don't know if I can. Just do it. Ignore your emotions. Your emotions are liars half the time anyways. If you haven't learned that by now, I'm just telling you. Teens, learn it. Your emotions are liars. Don't trust them. What's truth? Follow truth. What's the truth? I hurt someone or they hurt me. Go forgive them or ask for forgiveness. Get it right. Why? Because your walk with God and your relationship to your brother is way more important than you hanging on to something that happened and will never be remembered in eternity. Amen. Forgive. 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 Because when you forgive... You can walk with God again. Father.